Well, hello and welcome to the front porch. And I am on the porch today in the Pastor and People podcast where we're talking about pastors working with their people and people working with their pastors for joy in the Lord, right? Not for domineering faith, not for uh, means of selfishness, but for joy in the Lord and the joy in the body and the building of the body. And I am sitting here with the uh, usual suspect, the BD Anya Buile. What's up, T? What's good, man? I'm used to being a suspect. Now. Hey, man, you're going to be real suspect today, but I, <laughs> I trust you're going to behave today. And I'll tell you why, T, because we are joined by an unusual suspect, but a welcome, welcome guest uh, that we are thrilled to have. We have Mrs. Christy Anya Buile. What's up, Christy? What's up? Thanks for having me on the porch. You are so welcome here. Always welcome. Thank you for coming and keeping T in line. Thanks. Yeah, and I've never been called a suspect before, so <laughs> that's a first. I, I'm, I'm the criminal in the family. That's right. That's I'm right. used to it. That's right. <laughs> well, today, T and Christy, we are going to talk, we're in this series called Shepherding Women. Mm-hmm. T, I, you've written before on this saying that shepherding women might be the most neglected aspect of a pastor's job description. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to just devote this series to that, thinking about a few different things. Um, T, I don't know if you want to start there, and then Christy, I'd be curious to get your opinion if you want to just revisit that, even that statement. Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity, but no, let's just start with the lady, man. We got a sister on the porch <laughs> right. talking about shepherding women. We ought to ask a woman. Okay. Uh, okay. So what do you think, baby? You think women in general are under-shepherded, over-shepherded, appropriately shepherded? In general, it's a stereotype. wouldn't apply to every church, but... Uh, what's your sense of that? Yeah, I think probably generally talking to women and in churches, um, you know, that have been involved in or had opportunity to have some, you know, um, view into, um, it seems like women are pretty under shepherded. Uh, and I think there are a lot of reasons why that is. Um, but it's definitely an area where the church needs to grow. And I think, that not only would women be encouraged um, by just more intentional shepherding, um, but I think the church would benefit as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, and in these conversations, as you talk with sisters uh, in person, traveling, online, just as sisters talk about their church experience, what are some of the ways you think women sometimes feel under-shepherded? They, they experience that, that lack of shepherding for themselves. Yeah. I think it's, I feel like maybe it's um, a bit more complex and um, important for, to, um, to talk about and think about in our kind of context where uh, we believe in complementarity and we believe in distinct roles for men and women. I think that in those kinds of contexts, um, wanting to be biblical in terms of uh, women and men's roles in the church, that sometimes uh, churches feel a little tight. They, they, and you've said this many times, so I'm just parroting you, really. It's just, um, you know, they, they make the fence really tight around women in terms of um, how they're able to serve in the church. So in my experience is talking with women, one of those is just not feeling equipped, not feeling um, like they've been poured into and an intentional way and kind of feeling lost in terms of how they disciple and minister to other women in the church. And I think there's a lot being done 
in terms of um, children and children's ministry and helping families uh, to, to train and disciple their children, but particularly in the area of discipleship among women and just being proficient and feeling um, equipped in terms of their own biblical knowledge and understanding and ability to handle the word well. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some of the, a yeah. couple of ways that I, yeah. uh, I see. Yeah, man, I, you asked a question in terms of some previous writing and mm-hmm. things on this. You know, I, I think to Titus 2, mm-hmm. and most people will read Titus 2, and their minds will sort of jump quickly to verse 3. Mm-hmm. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They teach what is good, and so train the younger women to, to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be Revived. And I think people see pretty quickly the intergenerational mm-hmm. aspect of that, older women to younger women. And they see pretty quickly, yeah, women should be discipled in these areas and, and so on. Uh, but it's almost like verses 1 and 2 aren't there, mm-hmm. where Titus is being instructed to teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and steadfastness. So that's what Titus is aiming at as the pastor with older men. Well, verse 3 also presumes that he's teaching the older women, mm-hmm. uh, that older women don't arrive at the ability to teach these things um, by osmosis. Mm-hmm. You know, just sort of hit an age, and as Christy was saying, oh, now I'm old enough that I feel equipped to teach these women. No, actually, um, the, the, your pastor, your elders, I think according to this text, should be investing in the older women specifically, equipping them, preparing them, uh, sound doctrine and what goes along with that so that they can then turn um, and and serve the younger women of the church and disciple the younger women of the church. And I, I agree with Christy. I think the, the sort of under-shepherding of women where it occurs, it occurs, first of all, because this just ain't on the job description mm. of most pastors. They're not thinking about this, mm. right? Uh, so it's the most neglected part of the job description. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you start to add other things to that, so that if the pastors are at all wise and sensible about putting appropriate boundaries between themselves and the women of the church right. to guard against inappropriate things, right. well, there's a second degree of separation there. Mm-hmm. And then be complimentarian. <laughs> and, and, and maybe a little too zealously complimentarian. <laughs> right. the candle on the cake. That's exactly right. right. Then the women are sat in the corner way over there with the children. Right. And that's about the extent of anybody's vision for right. how women serve Christ in the Great Commission. And I think it's just useful for pastors, for male pastors, to, to sort of read Genesis 2.18. Mm-hmm. It's not good for the man to be alone. Right. And come over to the church and recognize that there's an equivalent to that mm-hmm. in Titus 2 in the church. Mm-hmm. It's not good for male pastors to be alone in the shepherding of the whole congregation. Mm-hmm. So God's designed that we should be partnered with, in this case, Titus 2, older women of the church who then do a great deal of the discipleship uh, with the younger women in the church when they're sort of equipped and turned out for that work. Mm, that's, that, both of those things are so helpful. Christy, I want to just turn it back to you to kind of pick up on something T said. What are ways you would like to see your pastors equipping you then uh, at, either as a younger woman or as an older woman, trying to get you into uh, 
uh, this rhythm of helping them pastor in this way. And T, you've, you've mentioned these degrees of separation, some of which are appropriate, but some of which, like most things, we take too far. Mm-hmm. So, Christy, what are some ways that you can think of even practically um, to to take down some of those barriers, of course, not the inappropriate ones, but mm-hmm. so that the older women might be equipped? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think just the example of our church now, I'm just really thankful and um, just encouraged and excited about how our elders at ARC are starting that process. Uh, we are a new church plant, uh, just started Easter Sunday, and within the first month, our elders um, kind of gathered up the women who um, are the older women in our church, um, and just started having conversations with us. Um, mm-hmm. very, at first, very generally, what do you need? How can we encourage you? How can we support you? Um, what you know? What are some of the needs? You know, kind of in the church that we're seeing among the women as we've you know it's early on, but still, just the fact that they're asking those questions mm-hmm. uh, was really encouraging. And then from that, uh, now. And I think this is just a great model and it's simple, but it, I think it does a lot in terms of encouraging and equipping women of the church so that now uh, the elders are uh, systematically leading us through a series of readings and books to help equip us as we you know, uh, train and teach the young women in church. So right now we're going through three books and meeting monthly to discuss those books and to just fellowship together as older women and also to have a, a one have a chance to meet one-on-one mm-hmm. with our pastors, maybe bringing to them any particular concerns that we have. Um, and I th- that is just, to me, it seems very simple, but it's something that you don't see a lot mm-hmm. uh, in churches. But from the women that I've talked to so far in our church and other churches that have similar practice, um, that little bit goes a long way in encouraging uh, the women of the church. Mm. Christiana, I think I think I saw one of you uh, tweet this out, um, but it was it was an article just written by a sister, basically saying that uh, women we don't want the pulpit per se, mm-hmm. you know. But what you alluded to was just a very simple thing, but I think a profound thing of just the pastor seeing the women for who they are, and not just they're not just this in, invisible spectrum of the church that. Uh, handles the children's ministry, but a lot of sisters are saying, "Look, I don't want to even be preaching on Sunday. I just want to be seen and heard." Mm-hmm. And T, I mean, any comment on that of just seeing women for who they are? You mentioned Genesis. Yeah. You mentioned Titus. Well, I do think it's important to acknowledge that there are some women who do want the pulpit. Sure, sure. <laughs> and um, and I think some of those women who do want the pulpit um, sort of lunge for it. Be precisely because they don't envision any other meaningful way to serve. Mm-hmm. They, they love God's Word. They want to serve God's Word. They want to serve the church. Um, but in many of our churches, the default is, well, you go to children's ministry. Mm-hmm. Or you help out with hospitality committee and, and sure. you know, you, you make cookies. You set out the cookies. And, yeah. yeah. And, and sisters who love the Lord and love His Word, and if they have any zeal for the gospel going forward, a lot of them are kind of like, yeah, I can do that, but there's more... <laughs> To me, playing my part in the Great Commission, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is not restricted to men. Mm-hmm. And I, I fear that in, in our lack of a plan for shepherding women, we've effectively said, mm-hmm. this, is for, this is for men. 
right? And churches become guys' clubs. So I think some simple things to do if, if you're thinking about this and, and want to draw near to the to the women of your church and shepherding them uh, is, first of all, start with the women uh, who've raised their families, who've, who've kind of aged out of um, angst about singleness, aged out of young children, aged out of a lot of those things, who now have the cumulative wisdom of, of, of years, who are the older women of Titus mm, too. That word does mean older. Uh, start with those women. Just have a tea, man. Uh, join them for their tea or their Sunday school class and say, hey, what? tell me about your experience in church. When, when's been a time that you have felt really cared for as a woman? What are the kind of discipleship needs that women have that are unique to women that we're addressing well or we're not addressing so well? So just start a conversation. Do, do that a few times over several months. And, and then just encourage the older women about what you see in their life in terms of godliness and encourage any of those who are already caring for younger women in various ways. Just words of encouragement. Because sometimes the sense that I'm not equipped is nobody's actually ever told me I could do this or mm -hmm. I should do this or they appreciate my doing this. Mm -hmm. And so just a few words of affirmation go a long way in multiplying this. And then over time, just figure out what, what your ladies need, to, the older women need to be equipped with. Um, so one sister in our discussion says, I, I want to grow in conversational evangelism. Mm -hmm. A couple of sisters said, you know, I just really want to nail down some theological categories and mm -hmm. issues. Um, and every sister wants to walk with the Lord, right? So in our, our approach, then we're taking the older ladies through one book that's kind of devotional, another book, um, um, Grudem's sort of basic beliefs, mm -hmm. that's systematic theology. Mm -hmm. And another book, a book that Chrissy happened to have the privilege to um, contribute to, uh, Word-Filled Women's Ministry by Gloria Furman, edited by Gloria Furman and Kathleen Nielsen. That, that's looking more specifically at ministry to women. Mm. That's based on the Word. And so we're just trying to sort of character, competence, um, what's the element for? Conviction. Uh, we're just trying to sort of those three scenes from the trellis and the vine. Okay. Character, competence in teaching and serving, and conviction, theological conviction. We're just trying to invest in our ladies in that way and then kind of match me. Mm. You know, set them up with younger ladies, set them up in small groups, you know, sort of send them out to play their part in the Great Commission in appropriate ways. Mm. And I think, just, you know, Christian, dive in here. And I think if you do that, if you give women a meaningful vision about how to be involved in the Great Commission, how to serve the Lord in advance of the gospel, then a good number of those ladies who are grabbing for the pulpit right. won't, won't feel that need. Mm -hmm. Because they'll go, oh, yeah, a lot of ways I can teach and serve, and a lot of ways I can I can be on the cutting edge of the gospel without sort of having to set aside parts of Scripture and set aside uh, boundaries that um, are, are meant for my blessing. And so just giving people a place to flourish, mm -hmm. so it's surprising how then they don't, there's contentment that rises up with that, right. and they don't want to do things that are across the fence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, when you were saying that, a couple things came to mind. One is um, the scripture that says, uh, keeping your spiritual fervor. fervor. Mm -hmm. uh, Romans 12. Yeah, yeah, serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and just, I think a lot of times, zeal gets squelched when women aren't invested in mm -hmm. in that way. So mm -hmm. they're, they're zealous for the things of the Lord, um, for the Great Commission, um, but feeling like that's kind of, you know, that fire is being quenched mm -hmm. because they don't see a place to serve in that way in the body of Christ. And 
Um, the second thing along with that is what you're talking about regarding the Great Commission, mm -hmm. that we often focus on the go aspect, mm -hmm. make disciples. Mm -hmm. um, and we understand, you know, baptizing them and, 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 and incorporating them into the life of the body. Mm -hmm. But it also says in that passage, Matthew 28, teaching them mm -hmm. to obey all that Christ has commanded. Mm -hmm. So That's if good. go is a command and if make disciples is a command and baptizing them is a command, teaching is a command too. And it's mm -hmm. given to everyone, not just men. Mm -hmm. right. And so that mm -hmm. teaching aspect has a place. Uh, there is a place for women in that teaching mm -hmm. aspect. And I think we see how you work that out in Titus 2. That's Titus right. 2 gives you kind of a rubric for, okay, now how do I as a woman um, teach the things that Christ has commanded in the, you know, so there's lots of wiggle room in that uh, Titus 2, 3 to 5, uh, where it's not just, the, it, it, there are a lot of practical kinds of um, things listed there, mm -hmm. uh, but that's not all yeah, that Christ has commanded. Right. So, right. so there's a lot more in terms of things like the 20, you know, the Christian beliefs and, under, you know, systematic theology and having just a robust understanding of scripture as a whole is really, really helpful for us to be able to teach all that Christ has commanded. That's a good point. Can I just... I mean, she's using words like rubric and stuff. <laughs> Every, right everyone's here. getting teased, getting excited. <laughs> just right sat up. No, okay. no, just, just yeah, the point take. on Titus 2, that the list of things here are not exhaustive. Mm -hmm. That, that if, if Matthew 28 is controlling, mm -hmm. teach them to obey everything I have commanded. And we envision that as falling on the shoulders of the entire church, male and female. Um, then I think we have to resist the 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 call it in a negative sense the the patriarchal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. view of titus 2 mm -hmm. which says basically this limits the the teaching ministry and it, it limits the area of service to the house mm -hmm. now I, I do think that the bible prioritizes the home for men and women right, mm -hmm. right? so man must lead his house well before right. he's eligible to be an elder right. and, right. and a, a sister needs to you know care for her home well be, you know, before she gets into a lot of other things. So I think it prioritizes the house for male and female. But this text ought not be read in a way that truncates Matthew 28 now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the only place you can serve is at home or in the creche, in the nursery. Right. No, that's not quite the vision the Bible is holding out for women. Um, and so women should be going to the mission field. You know, if they're single, whether or not men are going. Right. Uh, women should be going to mission field with their husbands. Right. And women should be playing a part in, um, again, various appropriate ways of teaching and instructing and modeling and encouraging uh, other sisters in the church. And, and by that example, the church as a whole. So, you know, the other way to put this is, I think we ought to have a high bar on the church in terms of the zeal with which it pursues the Great Commission. And I think we've looked in many of our churches, and we've in many of our churches, we can see it's the sisters who are doing everything. Right, and black women didn't go to church. The church would have closed them right. all time Amen. ago, right? Amen. Amen. And, and some guys look at that and then want to pull the ladies back. Right. Now, there may be places where you need to do that. If you've got female pastors and things of that sort, okay, we need to obey the Bible on those points. But on the whole, I think we need to look at that and go, brothers, step up. Mm-hmm. You know, the sisters are running hard toward Christ. Mm -hmm. Let's equip them to run even harder. Mm -hmm. And uh, that should not be any threat 
to a man who's securing Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, it shouldn't be a threat to men who want to see, uh, it isn't a threat to men who want to see women flourish and be well shepherded mm-hmm. uh, in the life of the local congregation. It should really, it's the rising tide that should lift all our boats. Man. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I think one, that we can praise God even at this moment. And I think Paul shares that exact view where he's obviously secure in Christ and he is praising Timothy's grandmother and his mm-hmm. mother for their work in Timothy's life. And he's saying, mm-hmm. you have faith because of their faithfulness. Or commending Phoebe in Romans 16 That's and right. saying, help her in whatever work she has. Right. Uh, I mean, we, we can just sort of multiply right. the examples there. So. Right. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good session just to look at the scriptures and what these things say. And we're going to just continue this series. I want to cap it here and then we'll just hop into another episode. All right. Thank you. You too. Well, it's Thanks. good to talk, man. Yes.